Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Becky. Yeah. I was just nowhere near your house. And I was wondering, do you want to talk about singles? What took you so long? Welcome to Talking Tofu, a podcast about vegan food with Becky and David. I'm David. <laughs> I, I lost it. Who are you? I'm Becky Streepy. Cool. Oh, you're all right. <laughs> this week on the show, we watch Singles, the movie. And try the Moo-Free Selection Box of Christmas Candy. And if you couldn't already tell, it's Talking Tofu Night. We're padding out the schedule some more so that we can take some vacation. But it was an excuse to get together and, you know, get together with my wife that I live with. And, <laughs> it's been um, so long. All right. And watch a movie that has a very special place in my heart. I hadn't seen it before. You had seen it before. I had I parts of it did seem very familiar. Didn't you say last night that you had seen this so many times? No, I used to listen to the soundtrack all the time. I had the soundtrack. You never saw the movie? I didn't know you'd never seen it. I was having some moments where I was like, have I seen this? Because a lot of it felt familiar, but then the end was a surprise to me. So I don't know. What part about the end was a surprise to you? Well, we'll get to that. You can just, you're going to forget. The way it ended, the whole ending. Oh, the way it ended? That's what you mean by the ending? Yeah, okay. the whole ending. I was like, oh, that's how it ends? Okay. Goodness gracious. I know. So, but Goodness a lot of the gracious. parts, I was like, I feel like I have seen this. But I also feel like a lot of the things that happened in the movie are kind of like iconic things that people in the 90s would quote. And so maybe it was just like in the zeitgeist. What's the matter? What are you looking at? I'm just thinking. You're just going like this. Oh, that's my thinking. My eyes are up here. Hey. I'm wearing a new cardigan. I love it. And someone can't keep their eyes off of it. It's really off of beautiful. Off old-ass man in his cardigan. The ombre coloring of it really draws the Stop eye down. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's what it is. So we're talking about singles. The 1992 romance slash rom-com, as Google would describe it uh directed by cameron crow yeah that cameron crow yeah that was the first shock to me during really? this movie i didn't know yeah yeah i mean it's a very cameron crow movie i guess so now that i've seen it i see that but i hadn't seen it right down to the what took you so long mm -hmm. which is the 
pre you had me at hello. Oh yeah. It's the exact same scene as Jerry Maguire. Gosh, it really is. It's like, um, this isn't as bad as what I'm about to use as an example, but have you seen this Aaron Sorkin supercut on YouTube? I haven't, but I can imagine that they talk fast. It takes all of the series, I think, through like Studio 60. No, Newsroom, too. And it shows all the recycled phrases that he uses. (laughs) And so it's like more and more we're coming to expect less and less from each other. And it's like them saying that in Sports Night, them saying that in West Wing, them saying that. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like 15 minutes long, too. There's that many. Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to see really it. Long. Just for the Sports Night moments alone, really. Yeah. I loved that show. Um, so Cameron Crow is not a crow. He's a human who directs movies. And he directed this one, which was – um. What are you looking at? It your was pretty eyes, iconic. Your eyes are up here, you said, so I'm just going to maintain. Oh, this is creepy. <laughs> this episode is already unlistenable. It's great. Um, <laughs> this movie takes place in Seattle in the early 90s. Peak grunge. Mm-hmm. You know what? I was actually struck by how not super grunge everyone was. I think that was so... Like there was that... I am don't know anyone's names. Oh, but but this I, is gonna the names great. are the names are in my notes. That's why I was pulling up my notes. Like Steve, the main guy, not grunge at all. No, Janet. Yeah, a few plaid shirts. Yeah, not really coffee grunge. shop. She's coffee shop. She's coffee shop. I guess. Yeah. Um. Matt Dillon's grunge. Matt Dillon. That's the one. Bad boyfriend. He's yeah. grunge. Bad boyfriend. I wouldn't call him a bad boy, Cliff. No, bad, bad boyfriend. Boy. Oh, bad boy. <laughs> Bad boyfriend. He's a bad boyfriend. He was a bad boy. Space. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, nobody in this movie is a bad boy, which is a point that I'll make a little bit later. You misplaced the space, Dave Streepy. So he was the only one that was really grudge. Like he was in it. Well, Edved. Yeah, but he's not like, I guess he's in it. Stone Gossard. Yeah. Jeff Hammond. Allison Chains. Chris Cornell. Yeah. Don Mudhoney. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to keep doing it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I guess I was. I was expecting a lot more ripped jeans and flannel than I than I got. I think that it was it both intentionally successfully is arguable, but intentionally tried to leverage the grunge scene in Seattle try to do it authentically, but also show like what you're saying that most of Seattle was not grunge at that time. Like try to portray it realistically as like a subculture inside of a city that has like a dozen subcultures. Yeah. Cause most of them belong to no subculture. They're, they're just hanging out culture of the culture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of like, um, shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big hair. Yeah. It was really notable at the time for its amazing soundtrack, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. This soundtrack, let's run through it. Yes. So the soundtrack is on Apple Music, but for some reason, it only shows up every third search. And I've noticed that if you search it, you have to move quickly or it disappears. 
Um, so I will link to the soundtrack on Apple Music in the show notes so that if you want to listen to this amazing soundtrack, you can find it without having to have lightning fingers. So um, I was turned on to this movie because this was like the apex of my Pearl Jam fandom. Pearl Jam 10 was like my holy grail in 1991, 1992. Um, I listened to it several times a day. And this soundtrack offered two unreleased Pearl Jam songs. And so for me, it was like, I got to get that soundtrack. I got to hear the um, Breath and State of Love and Trust. I just listened to Breath this morning in the car because I sure did play that soundtrack on the way to school. (laughs) Um, Ten seconds in, he was saying, ha ha, yeah. And I was like, there it is. (laughs) Transport me back, Eddie Vedder. So, but I also was really interested in this movie as well because I was in the eighth grade. I liked Pearl Jam. I wanted to be a 20 something in a city. With friends <laughs> and potentially a girlfriend. Like, this was very aspirational for me. But I remember even watching it as a youth being like, this feels a little bit um, cardboard. Like the delivery and uh, um, interactions between some of the characters. But then looking back on it, as we did last night, as a grown up, there was a lot that I noticed and appreciated about it that wasn't there that I didn't appreciate uh, when I was younger. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. But getting back to the soundtrack, we got Wood by Alice in Chains. Got Breath by Pearl Jam. Seasons by Chris Cornell. Dyslexic Heart by Paul Westerberg. Battle of Evermore cover by the Love Mongers. Chloe Dancer Crown of Thorns by Mother Love Bone. Birth Ritual by Soundgarden. Ritual! <laughs> State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. Overblown by Mudhoney. Don Mudhoney. Waiting for Somebody by Paul Westerberg. May This Be Love by Jimi Hendrix. Nearly Lost You by Screaming Trees and Drown by Smashing Pumpkins. Like, holy shit. Right? Yeah. Right? A soundtrack and a half. I feel like Singles was one of the movies that kicked off the idea of movies having, like, soundtracks that people bought as if they were albums. It was one of the- You think so? I don't know. I can't think of a movie- Stand by me. I That wasn't on my radar. It was like- a very popular album. Was it? Soundtrack album. Big Chill was another one. Um, Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman. The Prince. The Prince soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Madonna Dick Tracy album. Oh, yeah. Was this all like early 90s? Yeah. No, so- it was mostly 80. Big Chill and Stand By Me were 80s. Batman was 88. So... Sorry to swat you down so hard, Oof, just, but uh, get in the backseat. Okay? Do you have an ice pack? Because yeah. I hit my head when yeah. you swatted me down so like, hard. I was like, Will Chamberlain, because <laughs> I'm tall and was able to swat down your shot, mm-hmm. which is the thing he did on the b-ball court. Sure. Basketball reference that yeah. I got. Yeah. So one thing that I also thought was noteworthy is that the Jimi Hendrix song on the soundtrack is not like a, it's not Foxy Lady or Voodoo Child or anything like that. Like it's a pretty, um, selected by somebody who likes Jimi Hendrix, you know? Yeah. What and was that's the- obvious in the movie. 
Jimi Hendrix <laughs> shows up many times. They make no fewer than four references to Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. There's also, are you including the big picture on, yes. on the wall as yeah. a reference? Yeah. yeah if yeah. you wanted to count that as five, because they make a big meal out of showing it in two different scenes. Yeah, they do. So, and so let's. I'm not, I don't hate it. I'm not mad about it. No, it's just, it's, it's very specific. Yeah. And they point at it. Mm-hmm. And they're, <laughs> they, uh, Bridget Fonda, uh, frequently points at the Jimi Hendrix, uh, face behind Cliff and is like, <laughs> like your hero, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> and then the camera moves over to him and stays on Jimi Hendrix's face for a minute. Did that really happen? No. Oh, it's like, who knows? I don't oh, know. My memory is not great. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. 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 All right. So. So the movie kicks off with a lot of uh, characters talking to the camera. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, that made me nervous, but. It, that doesn't continue for too long, everyone. Which is strange. So it this is, is part of is, my point. It's strange, but thank goodness. <laughs> but the movie doesn't really seem to know what it wants to be. Yeah. Like it does that for a while. And then all of a sudden it starts having segments where it has title cards with text on them, like breaking up the segments. Yeah, it is jarring. The first segment comes in like halfway right. through the movie right. and then it's every 10 minutes or whatever. So then it decides to be that kind of movie. Yeah. You know, they don't keep up any sort of acknowledgement to the audience. Like, you don't even really check back in with those characters again. Yeah, they don't come back at the end and tell you how they're feeling. You think, like, it sets itself up like it's going to be a profile of all of the main characters. But really, only three or four characters do that talking to the camera. Like, Debbie Hunt doesn't do it. Sheila Kelly. Yeah. You know, the soul patch. Oh, uh, long hair sensitive. Long hair. Doesn't he have long hair? No, that's sensitive And a soul patch. Oh, weird hat. Yeah. Soul patch. Yeah. The guy who plays Mr. Presbo in in The Wire. Friend. (laughs) Friend of Steve. Bad boy or good boy friend? (laughs) Let's see. Jim True is the actor's name. 20 numbers. We call him 20 numbers. 20 numbers. Because he wants to get 20 numbers in his watch. Yeah. His Casio. Yeah. (laughs) So starts off Kira Sedgwick's character, Linda, talks about being on her own and being independent and it's great. She falls in love with a guy, uh, Louise that she meets randomly on the street. Mm-hmm. He's a exchange student. He's leaving in a week. They fall madly in love, spend the whole week together. They do a tearful goodbye. Um, she gives right, him her garage door opener. Because, yeah. Her symbol of freedom. Right. Yeah. She gives him the garage door opener and is like, Use and this when you come back in town. You'll have a parking space. He gives her a ring. He gives her a ring. She gives him her garage door opener. Garage door openers figure heavily into the plot of this movie. Yeah. So buckle up. Yeah. Because we're in the garage. We're about to drive away. Yeah. So that that gift exchange done with, they uh, seal the deal, if you know what I mean. Do you, they have sex. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she wakes up and because uh, the phone's ringing and she picks it up and he's like, I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye. And um, is so it, is it that she's very, on cloud nine. Is it that very night that she goes out with her friend? It's, I don't know if it's that very night. 
but it's very close. Yeah. They go out dancing. Um, she's talking about like marrying this guy. So he'll stay in. This is like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. She's talking about marrying this guy. Uh, and then they go out dancing. She sees the guy when they're out dancing. He ignores her. He like, all- sees her and kind of does a smirk like, what do, what do you expect? <laughs> he's with another woman yeah. also. Oh, yeah. He's not just not in Spain, yeah. but he's also with another woman. Yeah. They make eye contact several times. And every time he looks at her like she's done something wrong. Yeah. And she just wants her garage door open her back. Yeah. She should have made a scene. Flip the bar over. They got in the garage door open her back. Yeah, she should Or been have. like, did you throw it out? I need that. I right. Because he didn't keep a guy like that doesn't keep that. Or maybe Unless like a trophy. Like a sicko. Yeah. Like he's got a little chest of oh, trophies. He probably does. That look he gave her. This is Ugh. probably what his real voice is. <laughs> Not that accent. <laughs> That's why he does the accent. Let me show you my trophies. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a garage door opener that I got from my fake girlfriend. She thinks I'm in Spain. It sounds like the Scream guy. <laughs> hey, Sydney. Do you like scary movies? That guy has a vocoder. I know. You're saying I sound like that? You're doing it now, right now. You're doing a great job of it. So she got burned. She leaves the club. Also at this club, they're playing State of Love and Trust very loud. And I couldn't tell... If Pearl Jam was supposed to be playing at the club because they're dancing up and down, like yeah, like that's are not they dance floor music? Really? Are they is are they at a Pearl Jam show? Right. Or are they at a club playing Pearl Jam over the loudspeaker and dancing like they're at a concert? Yeah, they're all facing one way, aren't they? I don't know. Maybe they're not. That happens next when they all go see <laughs> Alice and Chains together. <laughs> so maybe this is a pretty grungy movie. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of grunge, but like the- I, I think it's everything that is that there is to do in the city is grunge related. But that doesn't mean that you're grunge. I guess so. I guess I was just looking forward to lots of like like grunge fashion because I've been really like looking back at old pictures of Courtney Love and like Kurt Cobain and and just thinking about how fun grunge was and how comfortable flannels were. So we meet Steve. <laughs> who is the other main character of the movie. It's really about Steve and Linda, right? Yeah. The movie's about Steve and Linda. It's not about all the singles. And singles refers to the apartment complex where they live. Which Is it? Yeah, because the sign on the front says, Singles, 18 units. Does it? That sign is in the is in I think many it's singles shots. because they're singles. That's what the movie is about, though. That's what the movie is named for, is that apartment complex's sign that says singles. Because everyone except for the one... You can do it. Describe them. Everyone except for garage door opener lives in... Linda. Linda lives in the singles building. So we meet Steve. Steve is like, I'm just going to focus on work. That night he goes out and tries to pick Linda up at a club. <laughs> yeah. The sa- very same night. Well, he, so he tries to go out with his buddy. We should figure out his name. Come on. Francis? Probably Francis. Mr. Presbo. He goes out with Mr. Presbo. Mr. Presbo's got a watch that he's excited about filling up with 20 numbers. Steve is like, 
It's dumb, but okay. They go to this club. He's oh, and and the friend is like, you got to have an act. It's all about an act. It's all a game. The whole thing's a game. Is his name David? My name is David. I know. I think his name is David. I don't think you're Jim right. True Frost. Yes, is David Bailey. What? His name is they David. Never call him that. Well, his name. I is- remember because I recognize that name. Yeah, that's your name. Yes. Well, that's his name as well, David. Okay. Well, David thinks that love is a game. Thinks that women are objects. I guess he doesn't think that. That's not doing David justice. But he does want to get 20 numbers. He wants to get 20 numbers. He wants to meet 20 girls. He wants to be liked by 20 girls enough to get their numbers. Which I think, like, that is relatable. Like, that want to be liked. That want to meet girls. I think, obviously, he would want to (laughs) go further than that. But that seems to be his only objective, is, like, being... Being liked. Yeah. You know? I mean, nothing says I want to be liked like that hat. Yeah. Yeah. He wears a silly hat. He looks pretty silly the entire movie. But Steve goes out with him. Like, they're just going to the club together. He's the one who's all horned out. But Steve is like, I want to go see a band. And then he kind of sees Linda and, like, can't miss that moment. And I think that... So, we're not going to get into, like, every single thing they talk about but like they kind of try not to get together you know she's certainly not interested but she is she is but she She shuts him down in the bar right and then they meet at the magazine stand they run into each other at the magazine stand and and she's like oh no (laughs) no they hit it off they talk all night well first though she's like oh no but then they end up her friend does that oh her friend her friend says don't look over and she sees him and then she smiles like she's into it. And then they just sit there and talk the whole time. And the two friends are left by themselves. So awkward. Right. No cell phones at that time. So they just had to like look at the ground. Right. And so that's the thing. They like they both acknowledge that relationship is a bad idea, but they still want to hang out with each other. Like, I think that's a really cool. Like, that's realistic. Yeah. You They're know? trying to be very mature about it. Right. And, like, they clearly like each other. He clearly likes her, but he's also respecting boundaries by, like, not being like, I want to hang out with you and I still want to be friends and and get to know you. But I get that you don't want a relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So they hang out. They go out to eat. She comes over and does laundry at his place, which, as you pointed out, is strange because she has a duplex. Oh, yeah. Also, she has half a duplex that she, with a garage in seattle by herself impossible impossible now she works for a nonprofit. you could never now well maybe she comes from money maybe she does but also that duplex has a washer dryer right anyway that's the thing i was handing off to you the thing is that fine she's doing laundry there they never set up that she's gonna do that right they're just hanging out and she's like oh my laundry yeah (laughs) it's so strange yeah well that's the yeah I think that's just like slice of life stuff that they, yeah, I guess that they so. mix in, and I think I don't know. I think it works. She, he asks her out to lunch, and she's like, or dinner, and she's like, I got dinner plans, and he's like, lunch, and it's like, what? I got lunch plans, and he's like, coffee, and she's like, uh, you don't hear a response. And he says water, and then he meets her where she has her lunch plans to have water with her, and it's like, how is that going to work? 
I mean, he says that and she says, okay, on the phone, right. presumably. Right. And then he goes to meet her. And, and they said and have water for a long time. There's a couple loudly making out next to him. Oh my gosh. It is aggressive makeouts right next to them. <laughs> and then it shows the couple and the guy lifts his head up to say, what are you looking at? Paul Giamatti. Just, just, just a young Paul Giamatti. <laughs> for a hot second. That's all you see of him. Yeah. He's- That's his whole role in the movie. <laughs> is loudly making out with somebody. And then looking up and going, what are you looking at? <laughs> Amazing. There's so many cameos like that in this movie. There really are. There really are. I have one uh, in my notes for later. Hey, before we move on, what? can we bust into the selection box? Because I what are there? All right. A selection box is an assortment of Christmas chocolates, uh, typically in the UK. So this company, Moo Free, is a British company. Um, all of their chocolate is Rainforest Alliance certified. It also is UTS certified, which means like wor- is like workers' rights. It's also part of the Rainforest Alliance. Um, anyway, I ordered it because I wanted a Christmas candy box that was vegan, mm-hmm. and this came up in my searches, and it has in it four different little chocolate bars and a little bag of what they call chalky buttons. C H O chalky, like chocolate, chalky. Not chalky like uh, a chalkboard. So it's a little box. And then inside the box is a tray. I opened this earlier to take pictures. And inside are all the bars. And the tray is recycled plastic. I'm really into this company. I read a little bit about them yesterday. Um, So I thought maybe we would select something from the selection box to try first. Okay. You can select. What are they? We've got a caramel bar, a strawberry bar, a white chocolate bar, bunny comb, which has vegan honeycomb uh-huh. in it, and the chalky buttons. Oh. Well, I guess I'll try the caramel. All right. Do you want to break off a piece and then I'll try some? Is it, is it, break, is it piece break-offable? It's a good question. Open her up. So let's get to the let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. While I'm opening this. The good stuff? Yeah. The love. They fall in love. Oh yeah, they fall in love. They start dating almost immediately. He does. So they do the laundry. She goes home. They almost kiss, right? She goes home. Starts brushing her teeth. Oh, yeah. There's they a knock on her kiss. door, and it's him. And he says, I was just nowhere near your house. And um, and in a sign of the times, she is okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of a sweet gesture. It's not like he barges in. He just knocks. He would have – if she had said to go away, I feel like he would have gone away. Yes. So this is my thing about this movie. Is that boundaries are pushed all the time in ways that would be very problematic today. But once those boundaries are set, either the boundary pushing is immediately and clearly like welcome, or once it's set, there is no like disagreement about the boundaries. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Which feel feels like feels very unrealistic. I feel like even even the bad boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a bad boyfriend. He's obviously like not treating her great, but he's very open about it. Right. Like 
he's you can't really be mad at him. He's very open about right what he's doing. He's not like sneaking around on her. He's late to pick her up. Sometimes he doesn't show up to their plans. Yeah, that's pretty crappy. Which is pretty crappy. But also, she thinks that he is her boyfriend. And he's very clear and says the words, you know that I date other people, right? Yeah. And she's like, you don't fool me. And so it's kind of like making a joke out of her desperation almost. Yeah. Which is kind of uncool. Like it's it's all done brightly and like mm-hmm. sweetly. And Bridget Fonda, I keep wanting to call her Bridget Jones. Bridget Fonda <laughs> is adorable and sweet and cheerful. And so you don't get like, it's not painting her as like obsessive or anything. She's just like got a crush. Yeah. And is maybe lying to herself a little bit about it, you know? Yeah. Or a lot, I think. Yeah. She thinks he's her boyfriend. Also, these singles have no other friends. Yeah. They only know each other. Except Cliff. Yes, he's got the band. He's got the band. But maybe they live in the he's building. Got Edved. No, they don't. There are singles. Yeah, but maybe they also live in the building in other singles. Let's talk about this candy real quick. I wasn't wild about it. I think the caramel flavor doesn't come through until the end. It was very sweet. It is very sweet. It also, when you, all right, if you get a caramel bar mm-hmm. and it's called a caramel bar. Yeah. And you, you it's not goopy. There's yeah, no there's, caramel. Yeah, there's no caramel. It's caramel flavor. It's caramel flavored bar. It's there's no caramel in the middle. It's a was, crime. I can't tell you. I was writing the. I started writing the blog post for this chocolate, and um, this bar confused me so much mm. because I was like, they're not saying that there's caramel in it. Yeah. I couldn't find any pictures of the bar not in the wrapper. Yeah. Anyway, I was half expecting it to be this. But uh, you're making me feel validated because I also was like, just I spent a long time yesterday trying to wrap my brain about around what this bar was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I get the caramel flavor, but I agree. I I would have preferred a caramel center. Yeah. So you got Steve, you got Linda, you got Cliff, you got Janet. Those are the core four singles. Yes. Oh, then so you got okay. Sorry, I found Steve very off putting. Really? Yes. At the beginning, his talking to the camera, I felt like I just found what he said very off-putting. Oh. The way he was talking about women. Huh. And also, it was a 90s movie, so I was already like, ooh, all these guys are going to suck because it's the 90s. Yeah. But um, then – oh, I have two things to say about Steve and Linda. Um, oh, <laughs> three things. First wait, wait, of all, well, what, what he things? swore off dating, but he's also the guy who talks during the set. At the show. Mm, Yeah. What did he say about women at the... He was just... He was saying that he had just gotten out of a relationship. I don't remember. The whole... Just the whole speech at the beginning, I was like, oh, this guy, he seems terrible. But all I remember that he was talking about women was like a girlfriend left him for another guy who he knew the guy was cheating on his ex-girlfriend with another girl that he used to date while he was dating the ex-girlfriend. So like everybody had cheated on everybody basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was it. I was like, Oh, this guy seems that's, but let's be clear. Everyone's at fault in that situation. Oh yeah. I mean, he wasn't alone. (laughs) All four people in that situation have cheated on the other (laughs) on basically the men haven't cheated on the men and the women haven't cheated on the women. 
Um, so I didn't care for him at the beginning, but then Steve is very pro train. He spends the whole movie mm-hmm. trying to get uh, a get rail into Seattle in the early nineties. <laughs> This is the whole movie trying to get railed. <laughs> Not get railed, Dave. I didn't say that. You did say no. that. Anyway, the point is the man loves trains. And I've got to tell you that I also love trains. I'm very enthusiastic about them. So his enthusiasm for transit um, really endeared him to me. The only other thing – the other thing I wanted to say about them was the moment that he realized that he really liked Linda was after that lunch, he gives her a ride – he lets her into the car, and while he's walking around, she leans over and mm-hmm. unlocks his door for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had several friends in high school who that would became their test for whether a person was worth dating again. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah. that's an iconic moment ah, in singles yeah. that like bled out into the world. Yeah, I think that Steve's crime is his delivery. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. It's it's an act. It's an acting choice, and I think that. He delivers stuff in an almost too pained way or an almost too like profound way. I think that was the other thing. His deli- He did kind of feel – he sounded like the kind of person who thinks that everything that they say is just a, yeah. a gem. There's a scene where he shows up at his job to get rail and <laughs> on his way in, he's like saying hi to people. And then he's like muttering to himself in between desks as he gets there. And it's like, (laughs) you really like had a vision of what you were going to do during this scene and every little (laughs) aside that you were going to say. And it's very unnatural is the thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's very, very scripted. And I got that vibe from him a lot. But I will say a lot of the more sincere moments in the film, I think, came from him as well. Yeah. Like the scene in the um, phone booth at the end. The scene in the phone booth, the we'll get to it, but yeah, like there's an accident, the way he acts during that, um, the end, like, yeah, yeah. So, we got to talk about the other singles, though. There's David Bailey, played by Mr. Presbo, who's um, silly single number one, and then there's Debbie Hunt, played by Sheila Kelly, who's silly single number two. David, if that is his real name, does nothing in the movie. Yeah. He approves or disapproves of the other singles' decisions. He's a sounding board. I guess, yeah. But not even. Like, because he's never the lone sounding board. He's only part of everybody else when they're being the sounding board. Yeah. And then there's Debbie Hunt, who is very, uh, has a unique fashion sense. She... Um, as Steve tells Linda, she, uh, uses men as her primary food source or something like that. <laughs> um, but also like she hasn't had a date in a long time and they got her a dating, uh, service, like yeah. a video dating service. It was a, as a joke. As a joke. <laughs> and then she, uh, decides to use it mm-hmm. and it leads to a very funny C storyline where, She goes to this place called Expect the Best. (laughs) (laughs) She is ready and and up for whatever. Um, 
She pays a little bit extra and gets the guy there to direct her video. The next Martin Scorsese. He's only like the next Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Tim Burton plays this character. Yeah. Another cameo. Two seconds. He, she says for $10, he'll direct your video for her. And he looks up at her and says, 20. He does an up and down and says, 20. Oh. <laughs> I wrote, not Janet getting scammed by the next Martin Scorsese. No, it's not Janet. It's Debbie. See, I mixed up their oh names. Oh, my God. Ah, Debbie. Yeah. Ah, so, my notes but are the video. Hard. The video. The video is incredible. It's so good. Oh, that's right. It opens with Psycho. <laughs> you want to see how I look, rewind and freeze frame. I am not about looks. <laughs> there she goes. In a pastel pink suit. Hi. I crave response. I love that her <laughs> no hair is... No druggies, please. <laughs> no druggies, please. I mean, there was a lot of heroin in Seattle in the 90s. <laughs> please is great. <laughs> so polite. So she gets that video... She gets some some nibbles on the video. That sets off a whole nother thing. But then we're back to Steve and Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda's late. Don't they have a fight? They definitely have a fight because I wrote cleaning the toilet with his blue shirt is top. Oh, oh he doesn't he, call her. He doesn't yeah. call her. That's right. They Do they sleep together? They He was nowhere near her house. Right, right, right. So they get together and then he doesn't call her for four days. Yeah. Gentlemen, there's absolutely a, not. There's a lot of back and forth here. Yeah. About whether to play games or not. My friend and I have this long running argument. Here it is. Except that when you come to a fight like this, you, you can't just be yourself. You have to have an act. But anyway, I, I saw you standing there. So I thought, hey, I, I could just leave you alone, B. I could come up with an act and see. I could just be myself. I chose C. What do you think? I think that A, you have an act. Uh-huh. And that B, not having an act is your act. Yeah, that's like a big theme in the movie, yeah. I guess. That and garage door openers. I think that's a big thing at that age, too. Yeah. You know? Um, so he waits four days. He doesn't want to. His friends convince him to wait four days. David convinces him to wait four days. Right. Uh, But the way that they convince him is, again, very relatable. Because he is a person who does not play games. And David says, yeah, how'd that work out for your last three girlfriends? True. And so he's a product of being his eager, genuine self and getting burned by doing that. And wondering, wow, maybe I am the problem. Maybe yeah, he what I give the it. world is my problem, which I think is very relatable, you know? And then she cleans the toilet with the shirt that he left behind as the excuse to right. call her. Yep. Yeah. But then he fucks up bad when he goes to visit her at work. He tries to call and she doesn't take the call at work. So he goes to her office, which is oddly enough, not the, the mistake that he made. It's a mistake, but... <laughs> Um, he tells her, if I was playing games, I would have waited a week to call. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, we're eating in strawberry bar. Okay. But then they make up. Yeah. And they presumably have more sex because it would be pretty Andrea Zuckerman-esque to get pregnant after just one dalliance. So the strawberry bar, like the caramel bar, is strawberry flavor. No bits. The strawberry oh, the strawberry bar, like the caramel bar, is strawberry flavored. Is is bitsless? Yeah, it's not my favorite. Oh, ah, oh. just put it in the box. Strike two. So she's late. He's like, how late? She's like, late. And he goes and gets a comical amount of pregnancy tests from the drugstore, like fifteen pregnancy tests. While he's checking out. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven is his checkout guy. That was my exclamation point. <laughs> um, and I swear to you that in the intro credits, they credited him as Jerome Piven. So usually that stuff makes it to IMDb that way and says how they're credited. And it doesn't say it there. So maybe I was just. We got 48 hours on this video though for this rental. Go check again. Put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. So Jeremy Piven recognizes Steve because he was a DJ in college. Starts like flipping out, like like he's seen a celeb, talking about specific bits that Steve used to do. Talks about this party that he's going to while he's checking him out. And he's like, you must be there. You got to go. You got to go. You got to come out with us. And then he sees the pregnancy test and he's like, uh, yeah, but you might be busy. This is the most complicated pregnancy test yeah. I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I have taken some pregnancy tests in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, you just pee on the stick. This one had like beakers. You had to pour a thing into another thing. It was like glass. It was so complicated. Not beakers. The other thing. Test tubes. Yes. Those. Yeah. So while they're doing that, they're having the talk. He's assuring her that he's not going. She's expecting him to not stick around. And he's not like mad about it, but he's also just like, why would you? And he's like, because I want to. And so they enter a new phase of their relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Janet has had enough of Cliff. Yes, finally. Yeah. What is it that... Well, Janet goes to get a boob job because she thinks Cliff wants a lady with big old boobies. Yeah. And the plastic surgeon- Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Just real quick. Yeah. Bill Pullman. In a very, very sweet role. Very sweet. That should not be a sweet role. But it was also very inappropriate. It's kind of hitting on her, but it's also like, I think you're perfect how you are and I don't think you should do this. Yeah. They kind of have a moment when they're sizing the boobs. Yes. That she's going to get. Yeah. So it's not like he did this in their first meeting. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like there was chemistry for sure, but so, so inappropriate. He's still the, he's a doctor. Yeah. So in a conversation with Steve about the boob job, he asks her what uh, she wants in a relationship. And she said, well, when I first moved here and she describes her very high standards and now she's like, I'd like someone who says... Gesundheit when you sneeze or bless you because it's nicer. Right. Um, And then so cut to what Dave was talking about. She and Cliff are sitting there. They're listening to music. She fakes a sneeze. Yeah. 
and he doesn't he said hands her a box of tissues and is like don't get me sick right which is that's what i would have done (laughs) right well yeah we're married (laughs) true true, but that's after the boob job so yeah she's getting the surgery and that's where bill pullman is like don't do it. I'll do it, but I don't think you need it because I think you're perfect and I think this guy's raw. Like, if, if you're not good enough for this guy, you really need to ask yourself, like, is this guy right for you? And then and then he's like, I think you're great and starts to kind of hit on her a little bit. She And then, again, she's like, I'm not interested. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and to then his they credit. have a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah. It, it's true that, like, boundaries are respected in a way that I wish we're real life. Right. I think it, it <laughs> operates in this world of like, well, you got to shoot your shot. Sure. But it's a very no means no world. Right. I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, you should shoot your shot in a no means no world like that. Yes. Like, if if that was how you right. knew that every man would react to you right. saying no. Exactly. Go for it. Yeah. But <laughs> So then he's like... It's funny because he's not doing this on purpose, but he kind of gets like all pouty. <laughs> he's like, not because he's been turned down, but he's like, I'm no fun. <laughs> he does turn into a real sad sack. And, and she's like, come on, you're cooler than that. And she tries to like ruffle his hair up and try, like tries to cool him up a little bit. But they have a, a nice little friendly moment. You yeah. Know? And then after that is when she's like, I'm not going to get the boob job. Yeah. So like at first when he was like, I'm going to do it, but I don't think you need it, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I love my boyfriend. I'm going to do it. You know, like she kind of stands her ground, but then like their friendliness kind of helps her see that she doesn't need that. You yeah. Know? Like there's more. And then he doesn't bless her. And she's like, I'm done. Yeah. She walks out. Yeah. Cliff. Cliff doesn't bless her. Yeah. And she walks out. Yeah. And immediately Cliff is madly in love with her as right. soon as she's not interested. Yeah. The second she walks away. Yeah. But he's like just trying to get her attention and like trying to talk to her and she's just like, mm, yeah, I'm done with you. Also not talking to any other people. She's just <laughs> like hanging out, reading magazines and painting chairs, which is like a cool, but like make a friend. You yeah. just got to get out there. You work at a coffee shop. I just want a lot for Bridget Fonda. I know. Her character, I related to her a lot. Like the self-loathing that she shows in the first part. Most of the movie. Like very relatable. And then. But she's like the king of the movie. Yeah. She just, she's the one that grows the most. I feel like. Yep. And I just liked watching her kind of blossom. That was really, that was fun. Yeah. So then Debbie Hunt gets her results back. And she matches with a bunch of weirdos Just, and yeah. a bike guy. And a bike guy who's like super handsome. I think he's a guy. While you look I mean, up bike guy. guy, I am going to open up this white chocolate. I'm, at this point, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> well, this is like a little bit less of a swing. It's just white chocolate. Yeah, but the so, caramel should have been a slam dunk. I haven't had white chocolate in a long time. And I actually am not a big fan of white chocolate in general, but. It's been a long time. Tastes change. I'm walking down the avenue. And I'm looking at the garbage can. That's the song he sings to her. Mm. On the leaves on her message. You were ready <laughs> to just move on without even saying anything. <laughs> I liked it. 
No, it's white chocolate. That's yeah, not bad. Sweet and creamy. Like me. Yeah. Okay. So the bike guy, she. Is he somebody? No. Oh. She. I mean, everybody's somebody. Uh, right, he, but I mean, he's had a good career. I don't want to be a, a jerk, but we don't recognize him. Not someone that. There you I, go. Okay. Um, not someone I'd write down right. with an exclamation point. That's what I meant, everyone. Yeah. I didn't mean he's a nobody. Yeah. I don't. You've got you got a lot of sway in Hollywood too. If you yeah, if you call true. somebody a nobody, they're Oof. out. They it, might as well over. pack their bags and head to the city line. So watch out. Um. So he's a bike guy. He's the only like passable candidate on there, and he's he's pretty hunky. Mm-hmm. Um. So she goes like full bike. Gets like buys a bike. Gets like biker gear. Gets a helmet. It's a perfect biker look. And then she goes to meet him at a restaurant, rides her bike there, sits there. He's late, not showing up. Uh, she's at the wrong location. So she has to bike across town, goes to the other place. She missed him. The lady there was like, and he was hot. <laughs> and uh, and then the lady says, well, yeah, but the dating service, he called the dating service and they gave them your home address. So what? he just went and he's going to meet you there. <laughs> And it's just like, who does that? The dating service gave out her yeah. address. So mm-hmm. then she goes home and he's flirting with her roommate. Yep. And and then the, they go outside and have an argument about him. They were going to take a trip together. They were. This, the argument is in full earshot. He hears yeah. every word of it. He hears it all. So good. <laughs> she, The roommate wants to pay for him. Wants to pay Debbie for him. Oh, yeah. Don't they settle on like $80? Yeah, it's like 80 bucks in dishes. <laughs> but it starts at like $200. And they agree because they're arguing that they don't want to take this trip together anymore to Cabo. The trip to Cabo has been talked about many times in the movie up to this point. And now it's off. Now it's off for both of them. Yeah. For them together, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. So, all right. We go back to Steve and Linda. They have a car accident. Linda loses the baby. Oh, yeah. That's another line that I remember from life. That light's been yellow too long. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. That line. Because it's a thing nobody would say. (laughs) Yeah, it is a weird thing. I guess he's saying, is the light malfunctioning? Is that what that's supposed to mean? Because he does work for the DOT, right? Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's the Department of Transportation, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not all in the get rail industry. (laughs) Not like me. So um, they get into the car accident. Yeah. Linda is really hurt. Steve's yeah. got some scratches, but he's okay. They get like T-boned. Yeah, they get – it's Linda's a serious side. accident. Yeah. yeah. Steve's okay just because of physics. Um, she loses the baby. <laughs> Steve, like he dodged it or something. <laughs> just because he's more nimble. No, just because of science. Yeah. So she she loses the baby yep. and it's very sad and yep. awful. And she spirals into a brief depression about it. She's depressed, but then quickly decides that there's a work trip opportunity that's oh, like yeah. an Alaskan, like two months in Alaska or something like that. Yeah, it's a, a research trip. Yeah. And she's like, I should do that. It, it would be good for me. So they do that. Steve gets gets rail. And gets into his work, works late nights, works harder than ever. Um, he's also been given an audience with the mayor that he's getting ready for to pitch his uh, big train idea. 
It's a cool train idea. Yeah. P.S. Yeah. It's a train for commuters that has good music. Although I would not enjoy a train that just pipes yeah. in music. No, but that. good coffee on a train. <laughs> I guess you'd need a bathroom. But good coffee on a train. That sounds great. Yeah, but. That would save you time. If you could get to the train and then get your coffee there, you could get up later. But his solution to a transit problem, which has been solved by trains in many cities, right? At this or is point, helped though, by trains. not really at this point. I at feel that like point, BART didn't exist at that point. BART, New York? At that, BART at that point was as bad as MARTA is now. Okay. Like Bart and Marta were about the same and then Bart got great and Marta stayed terrible. Right. But Marta is still a park and ride, which is what he's. Yeah. But I guess the point was people love their cars was the argument people were making. So he wanted to like. Right. He wanted to plus up this train so that people who love their cars would have a reason to ride the train. So my whole point, though, is that his idea is not a train system. His idea is a luxury train system. And at no point does he talk about who's paying the extra money to make the train a luxury train. That's a good point. Is the city paying for it? Is the commuter paying for it? Because I love my car. And if my train pass is $150 a month, because now all of a sudden there's carpet on the train and they're playing music I don't want and serving coffee that I do. So I don't blame, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't blame the mayor. (laughs) <laughs> for saying no, when that isn't even addressed. All you have to go off of is his passion. You don't even know that he's good at this. You don't even know if it's a good idea. That's you just true. know that he's passionate about it. He loves getting rail. He loves getting rail. He needs No, he wants to get rail. We don't know if he loves it or not. <laughs> he loves thinking he has, about rail. He has a train poster in his apartment. A big poster of a train. Yeah. Did he make that poster? Or is that from a, another super train project? Because it's very detailed. I feel like maybe it's a concept thing for his project. I don't know. I loved it. With the money that he spent on that that poster, though, <laughs> that he's not showing to anybody. He didn't even show it to the mayor. Yeah, maybe the mayor needed to see the poster. It's just in his room, which I think it has to be an homage to another super train. Must be. Anyway, he's working hard. They... Two months go by, they get back together, or they reunite, and it's kind of awkward, and he's the one that says, like, we don't need to try and be what we were, and she's like, I'm so glad you said that. Um, This is another one where it's an understandably awkward moment, but his delivery on it is just so terrible (laughs) (laughs) that it kind of, like, sweeps the legs of, like, what a relatable moment it might be. Yeah. But it's still, like, like, it's neat and it's uncomfortable. And these are like, I think that's the thing I keep coming back to with this movie when I watch it with my grown up eyes is it is full of a lot of those uncomfortable moments that aren't really storybook moments and don't really work from a story perspective. But, but that's happen what makes them good. Yeah. Is that it isn't a clunky story that's not storybook that, you know, just kind of like abruptly sucks sometimes, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I don't know how much of that is like craftsmanship and how much of that is like just like a pure idea that works as is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I found it a lot more relatable. A lot of these stories, a lot more relatable than most like romance movies. Yeah. It is. It was a lot messier. I felt like one of the other things just while we're talking about that, that happens earlier in the movie is that Linda's telling Steve about a co- like she had this vision when she got to college that she was going to be part of the sexual revolution. And she got there like a semester too late. And I think that to me, like that and the fact that like Steve, who is not really a seamster is like attending grunge shows and stuff like that. Like this idea of missing out on scenes and being a part of scenes, I think I found like really relatable because like when I was a kid, like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, be into punk, but I couldn't pull that off, you know, and I wasn't in like the right, like friend group to even like try to explore that sort of thing, you know? And so you get these ideas in your head about all these scenes that you could be a part of and you just miss them, you know, Mm -hmm. you just, you, and you, you land where you land and, and that's special and unique too, but it's not without a lot of like zigzagging through a lot of moving parts, you know? Yeah. I think that's an experience a lot of people have in their twenties or at least a lot of people I knew in my twenties, myself included that zigzag yeah mm-hmm. so they're broken up steve goes to another grunge show <laughs> i think he gets to see Soundgarden at this point <laughs> speaking of music though like this soundtrack and movie turned me on to mother love bone which being a huge pearl jam fan wasn't a big leap for me but i thought that that's probably my biggest takeaway from the movie at that age was getting to hear a lot of mother love bone that crown of thorn song was a Heavy rotation for me, and I never would have known about it if it wasn't for this movie. Oh, Yeah. Where did we leave off? Oh, yeah. He goes to see Soundgarden. Leaves her a drunken message about how they belong together, how it was bullshit, what he said, how he was just saying it because he felt like he had to, but he didn't feel that way. The answering machine eats the tape. Couldn't be a much more 1992 uh, calamity. God, that call. It was so heartfelt and sweet. Yeah. That yeah. His delivery on that was great, yeah. I thought. I thought that was good. I was all in on that conversation, on that uh, voicemail. And he's like, this is the last time I'll call you. I won't bother you again. Um, just know that I love you. And sorry I'm bothering you, but that I had to tell you how I feel. She never hears it. So he never call- she never gets back to him. So he like spins out. And basically becomes a recluse in his apartment, gets a five o'clock shadow all the time, and is supposed to look just like garbage, but never looks better. He looks he looks great. amazing in his like distraught state. Tousled hair. Yeah. His apartment is comically It is a hazard. Yeah. There's like just piles of garbage bags on top of each other and like food all over the floor food all over the counters he's like laying down on the kitchen floor in one scene and there's like food taking up every space around him like a chalk drawing you know of somebody who's been murdered uh so janet comes in and visits him knocks on the window and comes in the window while he's working on a train set oh yeah he also got that's when the mayor turned him down too yeah so, so he he's calls lost her everything unrequited the mayor turns him down so that he's lost his job and so he's yeah down and out Janet comes to visit him and gives him some, like, does she give him advice? Yeah. More like a pep talk. She, well, she tells him it gets better. 
Like, yeah, because she left Cliff and she feels right, better. Right. She feels good. And she's like, you can have that too. She's like, it's possible. Then he kisses her. Yeah. And then they're both like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was not good. Yeah. <laughs> and she does like, too, the way that she rejects him is such a sweet rejection where she just like quietly like lets him realize that that's not going to happen. And yeah. like he realizes that and then like. He's like, oh, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I think he was just like that lonely and acted out. And it was their friendship that allowed him that mistake. And then it was just a really graceful way for her to to let that happen. Yeah. Without, and he didn't get yeah. mad. Yeah. But then she's like, I'm going to have a special knock. Anytime I have good news, I'll come knock this way. And you'll know that it's me. And then I have good news. And so there's that. Then she's going out that night. Um, Cliff is also going out that night. They're in the elevator. She sneezes. He says, bless you. And he says, bless you. And they kiss. Yep. And and just like that, they get back together. And I had just been so proud of her because she absolutely devastates him. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on her terms now. Yeah. You I know? guess. I was kind of let down that they got back together. Yeah. That was the thing I didn't see coming. I really thought that she was going to have her like. Yeah. I don't know. But again, that's the, their story's not over, you know? Yeah. And I think like, if that were to continue, I don't think that she'd stay with him for very long. I think she'd think she was finally getting what she wanted, but like, that's just another growth opportunity, you know? Oh yeah. Cause she's also going back to school. That's always broadens the horizons. So then... Let's see. We have two more chocolates to eat. Debbie goes to Cabo by herself. Oh, yeah. And she asks the flight attendant to put her, to seat her next to a single guy. And she seats her next to like a child (laughs) who's like hitting out of the whole flight. But then she gets to the airport and she meets the child's father, who is Victor Garber, with not a single gray hair on him. (laughs) Um, They fall in love. They flirt with each other. She's moving out. Steve, yeah, she's moving out. This one's got bits. She's going to move to Cabo to be with him. There's a special knock at the door. Steve opens it. And it's Linda. I was just nowhere near your neighborhood. I don't need to be your girlfriend I just want to know you again. What took you so long? And they kiss. And then they do it, it on is, top of a heap of it trash. Is, <laughs> it is the Jerry Maguire scene. But it's better. <laughs> and that's the best line that he delivers is the what took you so long. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, he's like exasperated at that point, you know? Yeah. And he's so relieved that she's there and you feel it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, they start making out on a couch on top of a garage door opener. Oh, yeah. And then they share the garage door and it's going Opening up and, and down. closing. You got such a kick out of that. I can't believe you didn't. I wrote a you note. You were giggling so hard. I did. I did. I wrote a note about it. It's delightful. And then they're moving in together. And then they're moving in together. Well, these bits are okay. I like this one. It's kind of like a crunch bar, but with like a lighter crunch. We have one more chocolate to eat. Okay. But Is that the, the end, end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. They move out. 
that happened before the big regard. Oh yeah, they move out of the singles building, or he does. She already has her right. duplex. They move. So what happens is in this order: Steve and Linda get back together. Then Cliff tells this story about Cabo, mm-hmm. Debbie and Cabo, because he has to deliver flowers to her because he's the flower delivery guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> then he's like, "I got to go. I'm going out." He gets in the elevator with Janet. Mm-hmm. Him and Janet get back together. Janet and Cliff are like, do you think this happens to everybody? And she's like, no, just us. And then the camera zooms out and you hear that the whole city is having that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, the dyslexic heart by Paul Westerberg that is in the uh, trailer and that you thought had been played the entire movie. <laughs> I really but that's did. that's really a different Paul Westerberg song <laughs> called All My Life. Or no, it's Waiting for Somebody uh, that's playing the whole time. Almost identical song. Both on the soundtrack. Both on the soundtrack. Hey, Dave. Chalky buttons? You want to have a button? What? Really? All right. So we're opening the chalky buttons. These are little chalky buttons. So I can't call it a great movie. But... I really loved it, and it aged a lot better than I expected it to age. I think there's still a lot about it that's relevant, and I feel like a lot of those romantic movies from the 90s are just, like, unwatchable now. Like, they're so cliche, and they're so, like, inauthentic. In both in the love stories that they're trying to tell, but also in the time and place that they're trying to convey also though i think a running theme in all of these 90s movies that we've been revisiting is that they do not age well from a the way people treat each other yeah and this movie i felt like although we should live in that world we should except it was all white people but other than that (laughs) good point other than that though like nothing problematic i would prefer that to short circuit too yeah um but yeah, short circuit too. Yeah, with Jess Fisher Stevens being himself, <laughs> <laughs> they could even name him Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pitch a short circuit three. Ugh. Short circuit three, the apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I felt like that was something unique about this movie. It aged really well, and it, I feel like it was very progressive in the way that the people were interacting with each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, there were no, like, I feel like the 90s, there was a very, like, the picture of masculinity was just so toxic and angry. And you didn't see that in this movie at all. Yeah. Everyone was just so sensitive and nice, and people just took rejection well. And it was very, like, yeah. I was struck by it, like, the whole time we were watching. It was it, like, what is this world, and how do I get there? Yeah. It paints Seattle as, like, a really kind place. Even when people are grumpy and, and nasty, like, it's not like an... I'm going to hurt you kind of grumpiness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. On a scale, David Streepy, of one to 10 chalky buttons. Ugh. Chalky buttons are good. Are they? Oh, yeah. Like we them. didn't talk about the chalky like buttons. Them. I thought they were great. I thought it was just like a solid, like Hershey's style milk chocolate. Ugh. I really liked them. I, I think would. They I would... were my second favorite. <laughs> and I'm still making this face. <laughs> I really like them. I thought the chalky buttons were great, and I thought that the um, the crunchy one. What was this one called? The the bunny comb. I thought was great. The other three or the white chocolate was good, but I don't like white chocolate. 
the strawberry and the caramel pass. Hmm. I feel like this is like if I was at like a church holiday party and there was like a dessert plate and these candies would be on it. I just have a mental image of myself leaving a church holiday party and being like, that candy wasn't good, but it was candy and I ate it. (laughs) And that's still good. (laughs) Like it's that vibe. I don't know. I feel like it was a little hit and miss this box, but the the hits I really enjoyed. Uh, let's let's not rate it by chalky buttons. Let's rate it by Citizen Dick songs. Okay. Citizen Dick being the band that Cliff is the front man of, that Eddie Vedder plays drums for. Okay. One to ten Citizen Dick songs. I can give this like seven. A seven. Yeah. It was a fun watch. I think by the end I was ready. But it's not that long. No. It's like a 90 minutes, a tight 90. Yeah. So I would give it a seven. Okay. It's a sweet movie. People are sweet to each other. Yeah. I yeah, think. I enjoyed it. It's a sweet movie. I think it's an authentic movie. And the soundtrack is banging. I think it's got a lot of clunkiness in the writing mm-hmm. and in the delivery sometimes. But I don't. It didn't feel exploitative of a scene or of like, it didn't feel like it was trying to cash in on grunge's popularity. No, if anything, it was celebrating grunge right. and like, like you discovered Mother Love Bone. Like, I think it right. was lifting up a lot of those bands yeah. that people didn't know about yet. Even like Alice in Chains, yeah. which they were pretty popular, but I feel like singles really helped give them a boost yeah. to more people. They were popular already, but they were they got super popular after that movie, didn't they? Yeah, but I don't know how much singles helped elevate any of those artists. Like, I don't think it hurt, but I don't think it put them on any maps that they weren't already on. Because they were all over MTV anyway at that point. Yeah, I guess so. So if anything, it's like tapping into that. It's, it is making it seem like there's a Pearl Jam around every corner, which I don't think is really true, but... It also doesn't really make it seem that way. Like it, like I said, it makes it seem like going to see a grunge show is the only thing to do in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. And it's a little bit misleading in that way. But it's also not... Grunge shows and lunch dates. There are right. quite a few lunch dates in this movie. But the grunge isn't spilling out of the clubs into every scene, like you were saying. Like, you wanted more of it, you I know? Did. And I think, like, it was authentic in that it didn't have that, you know, maybe... So I thought it was an authentic movie. I thought as an adult, I related to it a lot more than I expected to. And I saw a lot of the past 20 years of my life in a ways that I didn't expect to, you know, and not exactly in those ways, but the feelings that they were feeling and the confusion that they would have and the missteps that they would take, you know? And I, so I don't know. It's got a lot going for it. Uh, It has a lot of misses though. And I'll combine my nostalgia for it and my appreciation for it, looking back on it at this point, and give it eight Citizen Dick. Wow, that's a lot of dick. That's a lot of dick. Well, thanks for listening. Sorry about this one. We'll we'll do food episodes at one point. We ate all this chocolate. I'm going to have a stomach ache. Yeah, if you're enjoying the show, why? Take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Really helps us out, and we just love reading those five-star reviews. We might even read yours on the pod. Whoa, whoa, slow down, Tiger. Well, no, 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 they, they get it. 
You can also follow us at Talkin' Tofu on Twitter or Talkin' Tofu Pod on Instagram. I'm Lion Leader on Twitter and Instagram, and Lion Leader was taken on TikTok and the Oculus Quest, which I just got. <laughs> so be my friendo. Are you Lion Leader or Lion Leader was Lion Leader taken was taken on the Oculus Quest. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Now beat Saber with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Glue and Glitter on all social media and. You can find my recipes at glueandglitter.com. I'll also have a review of this chocolate up there. And we would love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a food we should try or thoughts about an episode or just want to say hello, write to us at TalkinTofuPod at gmail.com. That's talking without the G. You can also just send us a message on Twitter or Instagram. I read and respond to everyone. Talking Tofu is a production of Caddington Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. I nearly lost you. <laughs> I nearly lo- Can you like fade up that song? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.